In today's episode, we set off in search of a missing child. I wonder what mysteries await us in the Black Hills Forest. Welcome in, everybody, to episode five of the Banging Horrors podcast. Can't believe we've made it this far. Um, today, we're going to be talking about Blair Witch. Now, it's currently 5.36 a.m. I've been up for about 24 hours now because I am very deep in this Blair Witch rabbit hole. See, the first time I played the game... Um, the original, you know, eight hours it took me or something. I want to say for most of it, I was heavily intoxicated. And I I didn't grasp, grasp just how, uh, how, how deep this hole goes. It, um, I, I'm mired in, in lore right now. So I, I finished the game, uh, yesterday or today. I'm not even sure at this point. And then I realized, like, wow, there's there's so much more to it. So I went back and watched the movie, and then I started playing the game again. And now I'm thinking I'm just gonna head to the, the out to the fucking woods and see if I can figure this out myself. Uh, uh, we gotta start somewhere. So let's go ahead and start with the developer blooper team. I just realized that for years now I've been saying blooper team and it's actually bluebur team so bluebur team is a polish game developer they're based in krakow poland uh krakow i'm pretty sure that's how you say that i only know one polish person and that's lorenz uh polish lorenz and uh bluebur team i keep wanting to say blooper bluebur team is uh pretty well-known developer. Uh, you've probably heard of them. Layers of Fear, Layers of Fear 2. I'm sure they've made other games. I don't fucking know them. Now, of note, uh, Bloober Team, not Blooper, Bloober Team is uh, has been announced as the game developer for uh, Silent Hills 2. Uh, I'm very curious what they're going to come up. They, they excel in first-person horror, uh, obviously, uh, with Layers of Fear and now Blair Witch. Uh, I'm really curious how they they got... I don't know the news behind it or the uh, the intricacies of how it was awarded, but how, how did they land the uh, Silent Hills 2? I'm very curious uh, to know who you think, what game developer you would have liked. Maybe it was Bloober Team. Maybe you said Bloober Team's just a dead fit for this. Anyway, Bloober Team, it's also uh, publicly traded. So last time I made a big deal about whatever fucking game I was talking about, developer being publicly traded. I guess this one is too. Maybe it's common. I've just never paid attention. I'm not much of a, a stock bro, a finance bro. Uh, maybe it's a common thing. I don't know. At this time, I am going to say there are going to be heavy spoilers in this one. Uh, I do plan on doing another future deep dive 
on Blair Witch, the game. But just so you know, we are going to get deep into uh, this this amalgamation of a video game that is Blair Witch. So basically, the game starts out, it's 1996, nine-year-old boy Peter Shannon's gone missing in the Black Hills Forest. Ellis and his dog Bullet are driving along, we hear it on the radio, we're going to go join the search party, uh, Sheriff Lanning's search party for the child in the Black Hills Forest. So it's 1996, it's two years after the events of the Blair Witch Project, the movie. Uh, 1994, the found footage. So this is two years after that. We're heading back into Black Hills Forest. We'll get some cutscenes, and then we're we're out of our uh, blazer, and we uh, we'll start navigating the game. So we, we arrive. There's uh, a few cop cars there. There's like a station wagon and shit, and we'll start picking up gear. So you'll you'll get a walkie-talkie. Um, you'll you'll get a flashlight. Uh, we get to see a, a map, an overview of everything. And really here, the, the game's just showing you basic uh, controls that you're going to use, basic game mechanics. One of the cool things, I don't remember, maybe it's because I was so fucked up when I played it, uh, you get to you get to uh, design bullet, like you get to customize them, your dog. And uh, I don't remember that the first time. But you can, uh, like eye color, fur color, and I believe like a collar. Uh, it's not too many choices, but it's kind of cool. You get to customize your dog how you want him. Um, I'm really not sure if that was in the original game in 2019 or if it's been added since. I'm guessing it had to be there, and I just don't remember doing it. I, I was also able to deduce immediately that Ellis is a veteran. Um, he's wearing a, a jacket. I think it says U.S. Army. He's got a patch on there. There is um, our, our wallet tells us that we're a veteran. And also, he's, he's got a Belgian Malinois. A Belgian Malinois is a, is a very moto dog. I think we can all assume that Ellis, uh, he wears grunt-style clothes. You know, he tells people to condition for their faces. He's probably using a lot of motivated knife hands. And he has a dog named Bullet. Uh, I think this tells us, you know, basically that uh, Ellis is a fucking vet bro. Okay, we've picked up some gear. We've picked up some basic commands. Let's leave this little search party area. We're going to head off into the forest with Bullet and find this little fucking kid. Uh, the game does a, a good job of explaining how to how to deal with Bullet, how to issue him commands, how to make him search for things. And Bullet, he's we, we'll learn very soon that he's integral to our sanity. We have to stay near Bullet. Bullet keeps us grounded to reality. The first time I played this game, uh, I was lost for probably an hour just after that search party area. And after watching YouTube videos and reading people's reviews, it's a pretty common thing that other people were lost also. And it can be very frustrating. This is where, uh, you know, Bane Horror's uh, coin term, uh, horror fatigue sets in, right? Like when you're just, when nothing's really happening, you're just lost wandering around the woods. It can get boring. I understand that. I don't see that as the game's fault. I see that as our fault for being morons. Because on my second playthrough, uh, it's very simple. You just stick with Bullet. Like, the game has a heavy emphasis right from the beginning on Bullet. If you stick with Bullet, you don't get lost in the woods for very long. Now, also, 
being lost in the woods in this game, I've heard a lot of people complain about that. It's a, they're just, it's a, it's a horror uh, walking simulator where you're just in, in the woods the whole time. This game is based off the movie and 99% of the movie is them being lost in the woods. So I don't really see that as a valid complaint. If you're if you're playing the game and you've seen the movie, now if you're playing the game and you've never seen the movie, I understand it. You'd be like, what the fuck, I'm just stuck in the woods the whole goddamn time. It's fucking horrible. So very simply, just stick with Bullet. Bullet will find this fucking, this hat, sort of this first clue, which is what you need to advance uh, into the game or, or further into the game. And again, just stick with your goddamn dog. It's, it's all pretty simple. This podcast is a banging horrors production. You can find more of Banging Horrors on Instagram at the Banging Horrors Podcast or bangingHorrors.com. All other socials are Banging Horrors. That's B-A-N-G-I-N-G-H-O-R-R-O-R-S. Thanks. We will learn very quickly also what happens to us when we don't stick with Bullet. Right out of the gate, Ellis is going to have a, uh, a PTSD attack. Uh, when he's separated from Bullet, and again, if you're if you haven't paid attention this entire time, because I, I the first time I played the game, I didn't I didn't know that he was a veteran. Like I missed all this stuff, but there's there's little subtle clues that are going to show us also. Some aren't so fucking subtle, but when you have your first attack and you're getting lost in the woods, you're gonna see uh, right before you pass out. I guess if you. Maybe if you look the wrong way or something, you won't see it. But there's just a random ass American flag uh, up on this little, um, uh, not a hill. It's like a, like you're in a gully and the, uh, the, uh, the, the land's been washed away. I'm not sure what the fuck that's called. Whatever it is, there's an American flag there. You see it, you pass out. Before we pass out, sort of a key thing that I've, I've missed speaking about is we do have a cell phone. Now, one of the cool things I've did on the cell phone. I have hours of gameplay on it. You can play like the meteoroid, like the shooting game. There's like snake on there. Sort of just a fun thing when you're searching through these cursed woods, you can just sit there and play on your phone, which has a limitless battery. But throughout the game, we are going to be berated, uh, just just torn down constantly. Our ex-wife, Jess. Uh, She is fucking horrible. And I think it's her fault for this post-traumatic stress. I think that's where we got the PTSD was from Jess, just constantly being, constantly complaining. Everyone has a, a spouse, I'm sure, that's like that, that just constantly tries to bring them down. And Jess is masterful in this aspect. Ellis, maybe you should... No, I'm fine. I'll deal with it. I just need a little more time. Ellis, what you need is help. Smiling enough? Didn't say I love you for five fucking minutes? Jesus Christ, Alice. Do you even hear yourself? Yeah, I can hear myself just fine. And I can see the way you look at me. Like I'm a fucking loser. And a sick little puppy for you to look after. Why, Alice? Get over yourself, Alice. Be a man for once. Well, yeah, there it is. There it is. Finally forgive yourself. I tried to help you. 
it's a it's a pretty toxic relationship. I blame Jess for all of Ellis's problems because you got to think about it. We went off to war. We come back. We're a broken man, Jess. All right. You got to stop the nagging. You got to stop the bitching. You just got to give us a few seconds. Let us catch our breath and we can move along with our fucking day. Bloomer team does a great job here with the audio, and that's what we'll talk about for a second. The forest they created, it, it's it's a it's a beautiful scene to look at. It's uh it's very realistic. The the sounds, you'll hear birds chirping. The, the sound design in this game is fucking on point. Blooper team, blooper team. Is it blooper or blooper? I already forgot. Well, whoever the fuck they are. Great job on the sound design. And I actually really enjoyed the voice acting. And I haven't seen complaints of the voice acting. We talked about Alan Wake last time. Alan Wake got a lot of complaints on the voice acting. You can't complain about the voice acting in this game. It's great. And it's so realistic. Like, just that argument him and Jess just had when Jess is bitching at us for us just trying to live our lives. Very realistic. Um, You can really relate to that. I really enjoyed that. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Are you socially awkward like my husband and can't handle normal environments? Head over to bangingwhores.com and read articles about your favorite horror games instead of pretending to look at the weather app. After our first little psychotic break, Ellis is going to continue searching with Bullet Through the Woods for Peter. Uh, That's where we're going to come across a campsite. Now, here's my first little deep dive uh, into the game after going back and watching the movie, I'm convinced that that campsite is the same campsite that they set up in the movie. I don't know if anybody, I've watched a few reviews, nobody mentions that. Uh, I've looked on the wiki, haven't seen it under trivia or anything. I'm 99% sure it's where the found footage aspect of the movie comes into the game. A very cool mechanic that I'm sure it existed before. I've never, I can't remember dealing with it or having encountered it in other games before but this camcorder can can augment reality so you'll find blue tapes and red tapes throughout the game the red tapes allow you to that's your your reality augmentation so basically you put in a fucking red tape and something that you see on the tape that isn't there in the area you found it will appear. And this is uh, shown to us with a police car with flashing lights. There's no police car there. It's a toy. Uh, There's no toy police car there with flashing lights. We see it in the video. We pause it. We put the camera down. The toy is there in real life. Again, harkens back, just like an Alan Wake, to uh, sort of... uh, Word Processor of the Gods, a great Stephen King short story. If you haven't uh, read it, check it out. Get it on Audible. Uh, Skeleton Collection or something like Bone Collector. It's one of those fucking things. Anyway, the red tapes augment reality. The blue tapes progress the story. You'll find those throughout the game. Uh, Again, found footage, core mechanic of the game. Here's where I have a problem with Ellis or Bloober Team, Blooper Team. Ellis is a veteran. He's a, he's a U.S. Army veteran, right? We've established that. He heads in to these haunted woods uh, with the search party. He's not. He doesn't have a gun with him. 
why he's a veteran why wouldn't he have a gun you're going into the woods not just normal woods where there's bears and meth addicts and shit like that snakes you know you're headed into the haunted woods and now maybe you're thinking well what's a gun gonna do against a, a witch from the 1700s tim i don't fucking know but i'd rather have it than not have it and i feel like ellis is really uh, forgetting his training here you know i get it you know the army's not the marines it's not uh every army or every soldier a rifleman like it's every marine a rifleman so maybe he was uh in a non-combat mos or something the the fact to me is going into the woods without a rifle or a pistol it's it, and maybe this is the polish outlook on America. I feel like they, they really, this is where they drop the ball. If you're one, if you're in America, you probably have a gun. Now, you might be listening to this and saying, well, I'm an American. I don't have a gun. Well, I think you're in the minority. I think there's like three guns for every American. And we have a large gun culture, especially among veterans. I took real issue with this. Now, sticking with that, we are going to be introduced to the combat system in game. Now, combat's not like a normal game. Again, going back to Alan Wake, it is similar in that aspect that you use light to fight darkness. The monsters in the game are very different than a normal horror game. And this is something I really love about this game. This, this is a true psychological horror. You're, you're fighting your mind, right? You're in the woods. It's dark. There's a witch out there. She's, she might be tampering with our minds a little bit, but you're going to use light to fight the darkness. So these shadowy figures, you, you fend them off by using a flashlight, not a gun. And there's really, there's not much, uh, combat. It's not a combat oriented game like that. So you, you will see that, but it's, Combat's not a big part of the game. We'll also learn how puzzles work in Blair Witch. Now, because it's a horror game, you have to have fucking puzzles, right? I know what you're thinking. You're just like me. You're saying, why? Why, God? Why do we have to have puzzles in every horror game? However, Blooper Team, or Blooper Team, they do... Uh, an excellent job here with how they use the puzzles because talking about it again, Alan Wake, they, the Blue team must, must be working with Remedy Entertainment in their puzzle aspects because they use real world puzzles. They use common sense puzzles. Uh, the first one will, we find the sheriff's truck out in the woods. We get a call on the radio that tells us to turn on the lights. If you pay attention at this point, you'll notice that the voice that calls us over the radio sounds very similar to our own. Something you might pick up on. So we gotta get these lights turned on. We, we pop the hood of the truck. In the truck, or under the hood, the uh, positive terminal has been removed from the battery. So we gotta hook that back up. We go in there and we see that, um, we see we have a blown fuse. So this is how puzzles should be in games. Or the truck won't start. Let's figure out how the truck won't start. Not some bullshit, stupid fucking puzzle. It's a real world puzzle. We have to change the fuse out and we get to turn the lights on. 
And we get rewarded with this puzzle because as soon as we turn the lights on, the darkness that we had been walking in turns to light. I also forgot to mention that um, during combat, really same thing like with the rest of the game, stick with bullet. Bullet is going to uh, look in the direction of these shadowy figures. He's going to growl. He's going to bark. So as long as when this is happening, you're sticking with bullet, you'll know exactly where they are because they do move very fast. It's hard to know where they're going to be. Keep bullet beside you and he'll lead you where you need to go in terms of combat. So the, the truck turns the, turns the lights on, you know, night to dark. We're in the daytime now. We're continuing on and we find a body. It's Sheriff Lanning's body. His face is all fucked up. His head's barely on. It's pretty graphic. You get to zoom in on it. It's pretty cool. I like the design of it. A nice little gory aspect to the game. And after we discover the sheriff's body, we'll find another videotape. Now, this videotape shows Sheriff Lanning, uh, Sheriff Lanning's killer. This is where we're introduced to a main character in the game, a uh, bad guy, antagonist, Carver. We we have another PTSD, you know, psychotic break, and uh, we'll follow more clues. We'll meet up with Carver, and here, Ellis, once again, not carrying a weapon, forgetting his training, losing all situational awareness, he, he gets his ass beat, Carver knocks us out. We wake up, and we're finally now given a gun, uh, Beretta M9, I believe. Um, I can't remember FS. I can't remember what the military version of the Beretta M9 is. But we get that, and we're told to kill Bullet. That's what Carver's telling us. Over the radio, go ahead and kill your dog. Let sleeping dogs lie. We say, fuck that. Well, again, once we're finally given a weapon, we just chuck it. Uh, Ellis says, fuck that. And he just chucks the gun through the air. We could have used it to kill Carver. No big deal. While we're searching for little Peter Shannon throughout the game, we're going to find different psychiatric notes and things that are going to let us learn about Ellis's psychological issues. And he has, like most of us, a ton of them. Starting in his childhood, where him and his friend go into the woods, his friend dies, Ellis lives. Is that really what happened? I don't know. We're going to talk, talk about that more in a little bit. But a key point that uh, Bluebird team makes is that Ellis is fucked up before he joined the military. And they kind of nailed it with that aspect. Because I feel like 99% of people that join the military, they're already fucked up in the head. Uh, uh, back in the day, long time ago, when I was in Marine Corps boot camp, I learned that, you know, out of like 50 of us that were there, 49 of us were fucked up. There was one kid that was normal, didn't really understand why he was there. The rest of us back in 2006, we were all fucked in the head. Back back in the old Charlie Company Big Dick 1050 platoon, uh, we were all fuck-ups. Uh, myself, more than, the, more than most of them. As we learn about Ellis' trauma 
from these psychological notes that we find, we learn he has uh, dissociative amnesia. So he's repressing all these childhood memories that he has uh, from his childhood trauma. And that it shows throughout the game in different scenes when it cuts back and forth. The biggest one is it cuts back when he's going after Carver. It, it, it shows him back in uh, what we're going to assume to be Iraq. And he is uh, watching his, his, his squad mates get just absolutely annihilated. And he's going to hide in a room. And when he goes in there, there's a woman in there. And he's, he wants to keep her quiet so she doesn't scream, give away his position. So he, he pulls out his K-bar. And now she's dead. And that's something that uh, has also fucked with his head. So he's got all this trauma. And uh, I'm kind of curious why Blooper Team or Blooper Team would... Uh, choose the Gulf War for this. And I understand timeline-wise, right? Like, if we're going... Uh, if we're going Gulf War, we're going 1990, 1991, 92. We're going in that time era, which would have been before the 1994 event of the Blair Witch, and then we're in 1996. But here's another part that starts to get weird. When you start finding all these notes, you'll learn that... It was the year 2000. So we started the search in 1996. What we think is just a linear progression through the game, through this timeline, somehow we've jumped ahead four years while we're searching for uh, Peter. That's obviously not the case. It's not like we've been searching for Peter for four years uh, stuck in this time loop. What actually is happening we you'll go you'll progress through uh mr parr's house who had the house out in the woods he he used to kill children he was a serial killer he said that the uh the blair witch told him made him uh whichever way you want to look at it uh kill these kids so where you'll go through this house you'll get to a basement you'll you're talking to carver the whole time and it comes to finally this this climax of we learn that we are Carver. Carver is us. Now, there's, there's a few endings in the game. And which ending you get is going to be determined by how you interact. So if you interact with Bullet, that's going to determine the ending. Um, I'm told that if you ignore phone calls, if you don't answer all the phone calls or... Uh, Radio calls, that will affect the ending also. Personally, I've played through the game twice now. I've only gotten the bad ending. I don't know what that says about myself, uh, but I'm always going to kill Carver. So what happens is we kill fucking Carver, and we we hear the, the witch, and we wear his face now. I can't remember the exact wording, but like we've earned his face or his face is yours, some shit like that. And we look in the water, and we see that we were Carver the whole time. So we killed Sheriff Lanning. Uh, we killed Peter. Uh, we killed Bullet. We do all these things. So simple, right? Like that's the game. You probably saw that coming, that this whole time Ellis was actually Carver. Carver is Ellis. Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. And after my first playthrough, that's what I thought. I was like, okay, that was a cool game. But no, the second time, that's where it really all came together. That's where the tinfoil hat comes into play. Because 
when you actually think of it. So we got to really jump into what it is. I, uh, I kind of associate the ending or the game itself with like a good explanation would be like Donnie Darko, right? You're stuck in an infinite time loop. If we look in the beginning, we see Ellis and Peter going into the woods. Well, Ellis, how would Ellis go into the woods as a child and then in 1996, all of a sudden, he's an adult that's been to war? It doesn't make sense, right? So that part is the dissociative amnesia where Ellis went into the woods with Peter, you know, something bad happened. He repressed it. He tried to forget about that trauma. We see the picture, which shows Bullet and Carver. Now, did we... Is that part of the time loop? Or was that what we saw and then we forgot about all that and then when we got older, we just recreated that? But Ellis is clearly the one that is uh, that kidnapped Peter. And so... Basically, what the ending is doing is if you kill Carver, then you see that you are Carver. But there's also an ending, which I've never got, but I had to watch on YouTube, that if Carver kills you, then Ellis lives, or sorry, if Carver kills Ellis, then Peter lives, uh, Bullet lives, the, the wife wants to get back with you, like everything goes right. And so... To me, and again, this is where it gets fucking weird. If if we take into account like Donnie Darko, like at the end of Donnie Darko, Donnie Darko, if you've never seen it, I'm spoiling it for you. Well, go fuck yourself. It's an older movie. Um, at the end of Donnie Darko, Donnie has to take himself out of the equation. Like time, time is a flat circle. We'll even throw in some True Detective here with some fucking Nietzsche. But once Donnie takes himself out of the equation, everyone's life gets better. And so that's what Ellis has to do by letting Carver kill him. He's killing himself, which ends this loop. So basically, every time you play through the game, it's an infinite loop in which Ellis is doing the same thing over and over again. So we're putting two and two together. Ellis wasn't going to the search party. Ellis was going to live out in the woods because his life was going to shit. That's why we have the bunker out there. That's where Ellis was going to go live. And that four years is his time in the woods from 1996 to 2000. Stick with me here because I know it's confusing. I'm fucking confused. I'm sure you're confused. Uh, it's hard for me to even explain it because I don't really understand it. But the uh, the forest is inhabited by the Blair Witch. I believe that she has control of the forest and that's where Ellis's loop is going to start over and over again. And we see this in the movie, right? They'll head south for, what do they say, 15 hours, and then somehow they end up in the same place. Is that what happened? Did they get turned around? Or is it the witch that's creating this environment where they're just infinitely stuck in this loop? It's the same with Ellis. So we know he had childhood trauma. We know he left town to go join the military and or joined the army, and he went off to war, and then he came back, and then from that point on, everything was shit. Now, his loop, which is kind of the confusing part, it's kind of where I lose myself, too. If he's restarting this loop every time he goes into the forest on that search party, it jumps from 1996, he loses four years, and all of a sudden, he's back. Well, then, if he, if he, if he lets Carver kill him, 
wouldn't he, uh, or wouldn't the sheriff stay alive? And wouldn't uh, Tom at the fucking sawmill also still be alive? That's that's where I get confused on it. Because if we're saying that loop right there is when it starts over. Now, if he's letting himself die, then that would be the end of the loop, right? If he, if he gets killed, we're at the end of the loop now. And that would explain why the sheriff was dead and why Tom was dead at the sawmill. And he never killed Peter. So that's why Peter's found alive. It's, it's hard to keep track of everything. And I actually, I think I kept saying Tom. I meant Todd. Todd McKinnon, uh, the motherfucker at the sawmill that Carver killed, that we killed. One and the same. And I think that's where I'm going to have to leave it for this episode. Now, this is where I'm saying I want to do a deep dive later. So here's here's what I need. I need help from you, the listener. One, I need someone that thinks they are the or knows that they are the, uh, you know, the subject matter expert. I need an SME of Blair Witch, the game to, to speak to about this, to run these ideas back and forth. And then I also need a subject matter expert on the Blair Witch Project, the movie, because they are both tied in. We see it with the mansion. Uh, the first time I played through, I didn't even, I didn't remember the movie. I'd watched it so long ago. But there is so much that's drawn from the movie that's in the game that if you're going to play the game, which I recommend playing, uh, Bloober Team, I think we've all finally agreed that it's Bloober, not Blooper. Bloober Team did an exceptional job with this game. I don't know why. It got such horrible criticism. Well, maybe not horrible. I guess mixed reviews is what it says on Steam. There's a lot of people that uh, I read their reviews and they talk about how much they don't like it. And again, as I've said before, that only makes sense if you don't take into account the movie as it pertains to the game because that's the, the world that we're in with this game. The Blair Witch universe started with the movie. It's taken from that and that's what we get into the game. But anyway... If you have your own theory that makes sense and you'd like to talk to talk about it, let me know. And if you actually made it through this episode, uh, congratulations. I'm not sure um, how it, it turned out. I feel like I, I, I try to stay on topic for the most part. It's a very confusing game. And uh, I had trouble separating the linear progression of the game with the infinite loop timeline theory. But here we are. At the end, thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, subscribe, all that bullshit people ask you to do. I don't think anyone needs to be told to do it now. Everyone kind of already knows, right? Like, oh, like, rate, subscribe, share, all that shit. Um, If you got friends, send it to them. If you don't have friends, send it to them, all that stuff. If you hated the podcast, go ahead and leave it five stars because you show me how much you hated it. And... Uh, Next week, I think I might switch it up a little bit. I'm not sure if I'm doing a game for next week's episode or I've got another idea that I might do. I guess in the end, we'll see what happens. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next Tuesday.